It's time for the Plan with Dan podcast, the show that will help you discover and achieve your true purpose for money and make you a more confident investor. We'll talk about sane and intelligent approaches to financial planning. Now, let's Plan with Dan. Well, hello and welcome to another edition of Plan with Dan. And it's a new voice this week, Walter Storholt with you, filling in for, I guess, permanently for Mark Haywood. The uh, You guys said goodbye, Dan, on your last episode, and we sure miss having Haywood around here on the program, but I will do my best to fill his very big shoes on today's show. How are you? I'm doing great, and how are you? Yeah, I'm doing great, and looking forward to our subject today. We're going to dive into some really good conversation about financial security and what it means to you. I think we all define that a little bit differently. So that's going to be a main part of our program a little bit later on. We're going to see what's happening in the news as well. We're going to get to know Dan a little bit better on today's program too. Today's question is going to have to do with physical danger. So a little preview, Uh-oh. a little preview <laughs> okay. for that. And we've got a great question from Angie as well in the mailbag. We're talking long-term care policies there as well. But before we get to all of that, Dan, let's see what's happening in the news. All right. Extra, extra, read all about it. So, Dan, Congress is working on a bill that would raise the RMD age, otherwise known as required minimum distributions, from age 70 and a half to major change here. 72. (laughs) Yeah, you know, when I first heard that, I was really excited. I couldn't believe it. I was driving my car. It was a while ago. And, uh, you know, I think this is the first change substantive change since 2006 you know i'm all for it you know it's more choice you know i think the reasoning behind this proposed rule change which i hope does come into effect you know there's been increased life expectancy obviously some people have started saving later they need more time you know to work and, and to save and we've always had this period between 59 and a half you know when you can pull your money out without a penalty until you're 70 and a half when you must begin pulling it out to do some nice tax planning so all this is going to do is give us more choice so if you need the money before that, yeah, it doesn't matter. You can still get it. But we're going to have another year and a half to do some tax planning. And I think that's great for everyone involved. So, yeah, let's all write um, our congressmen and get them you know, to make this change. Now, this is all part of a larger uh, thing called the SECURE Act, right? Is there anything? Yeah. I know that that's a we could do a whole podcast or maybe even a series on everything that's in that bill, all the other little pieces to it. Just since we're on the subject, any little other things that you think are interesting about that overall SECURE Act? Well, the other aspect, remember, it's going to really help for college planning as well. So, yeah, I think there's several good things in the proposed bill, but this is the one that has me the most excited. Very cool. Well, there you go. The RMD age may be increasing to 72. A little bit of extra time to plan. Never a bad thing. So that's what's happening in the news. Now it's time to get to know Dan a little bit better. And my fun question for you this week, Dan, what's the most physical danger you've ever found yourself in? <laughs> oh, wow. You know, I, I guess I'd have to change the question a little bit and maybe, you know, potential. How about that? Can I say potential p- p- physical potential. danger? Well, yeah, because uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. actualized physical danger would be <laughs> right. like, you know, injury or death. So, <laughs> right. So, yeah, that didn't happen. So, but um, actually, when you when you first asked me the question, you know, I, I had a little chuckle because it's kind of a humorous story, but I'll, I'll put it in context. So, you know, some of you guys listening know my son, you know, my son Kai, and uh, I'm really excited. He just got a, his first job as a fireman. So it's great. But when he was younger, you know, he loved playing lacrosse and we had gone to a lacrosse competition somewhere outside of New York City and we were flying back one of those you know airline trips where you're going to fly past your city and then turn around and change planes and fly back we were flying from uh, New York uh, I think from Kennedy to O'Hare 
on our way back to Columbus, and he was sleeping, uh, which is typical for him, you know, and the pilot gets on, and he begins to tell us that, you know, there's a problem with the hydraulic system. We're going to be making an emergency landing at O'Hare. Don't be alarmed. It's going to be a very different kind of a landing. You're going to see some fire trucks, you know, alongside. They're going to spray some foam on the airplane. Uh You know, but don't, don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. Everything's going to be fine. And so I woke, I woke up my son and I said, Hey, Kai, I think we're going to be fine. But if there's any problem on the landing, turn around and look three rows behind us is the exit row. I want you to stand up, turn around and count three seats. Cause you might not be able to see and then get out of this airplane. And he said, and I said, I don't want you to wait for me. And so he looked at me, <laughs> only he could do, and he said, don't worry, Dad, I won't wait for you. <laughs> uh, and, so, and I started laughing. And, at least uh, he's good at following so, directions. Right? He was, but it was really, it was really, actually, it was, it was a beautiful moment. I'll never forget it. And, um, you know, so everybody is really stressed out around us and upset. And I'm like laughing because of, of what he had just said. So, uh, you know, for, we landed. There was no problem. I'm, everyone um, around you like, who's this crazy person <laughs> chuckling while we're all in tears over here? Yeah. But it was pretty funny I, as soon as the plane landed there was like no roll on it the pilot just kind of dropped it you know on you know on, onto the runway and then we couldn't move because there were no hydraulics and so it was funny first everybody was extremely happy and clapping and screaming and then you know when the hour and a half and two hours came by and we still hadn't moved people got angry and i'm like how interesting you know 30 minutes uh you know 45 minutes ago we all were so happy that it <laughs> wasn't a crash but now we want you know now we went out of the airplane we want our food so you know i i call that potential danger but I think that's pretty good potential danger. Yeah, that <laughs> any any airplane mishap would certainly qualify for that. But I, they did a great job. Nothing happened. Nothing happened. I was uh, <laughs> flying through. I think we were coming back from Maryland one year when I was doing uh, sports broadcasting with the women's basketball team at North Carolina. And we were coming back after playing a game at Maryland. So it would have been probably eh, late January, early February time frame, maybe. And it was a really, really strong winds, crosswinds coming back yep. into North Carolina. And as we were getting ready to land, it was really cool. The uh, pilot, because these were small charter planes that we were flying, mm-hmm. said, hey, everybody, in case you've ever wanted to kind of see what it looks like from the pilot's perspective. Now, you can't get up out of your seat, but we're going to open up the door and let you see, you know, you can kind of see through the cockpit and out the front windshield if you poke your head into the into the aisle. And wow. all the girls on the team were like freaking out. And they were like, keep that door closed. They were all deathly afraid of flying. And of course, all the adults were like, oh, this will be cool. And so we're all sticking our heads out there. <laughs> and there was so much wind. The plane was yawing. I, don't, I guess that's yeah. the proper term. Left and right, back and forth. So much that we would see the runway. And then you could feel the plane pitch or yaw. And then the runway, you would watch it just disappear. And it yeah. felt like wow. we were sideways when we were about to land. And mm. it was pretty wild. And then right as it straightened out when we were hovering above the ground they they slammed it down there so yeah it was thank goodness for experienced pilots yes yes absolutely well there you go getting to know dan a little bit better today some physical danger on the airplane and glad that everything made it through and that you and your son have great personalities and sense of humor it sounds like (laughs) you know what time it is it's that portion of the show where we take one of your questions on the mailbag it's time for the mailbag we want to hear from you This question comes to us from Angie in Pataskala, and Angie says, I haven't found a long-term care policy that I like, Dan. Are they all this expensive? 
Oh, that's a great question, Angie. Thank you so much for asking it. Um, you know, your question speaks to what I call one of the five, you know, interrelated aspects of holistic financial planning. And your question, a lot of people don't take the time to really, you know, dig into this area of, you know, risk management. When we're younger, you know, we need life insurance, you know, so that we uh, can pay off the mortgage, educate the kids, replace our income if something happens to us. But, you know, once all that's behind us and we, you know, enter toward our retirement years, we still have risk. It's just a different kind of risk. And, you know, as you've noticed, there's this possibility, you know, of long-term care and, and how expensive and devastating that can be to a family's, you know, portfolio and financial health. So first, I, you know, really want to commend you for looking into this, but you're right. You know, traditional long-term care policies are very expensive, but, you know, the market, the great thing about, you know, living in, a, in our society is that the market responds to consumers, you know, needs and demands. And I would encourage you, you know, to look not just at traditional policies, but there's like hybrid life insurance insurance policies that have riders on them that allow you to access that for long-term care, whether it's going to be at home or an institution. A lot of people really like that. And often they're not as expensive as a traditional long-term policy. And there are other things too that you can look at. So I really commend you. Keep looking. Don't give up. I think you'll find something within your budget. Speak to somebody who can uh, give you some more advice outside of just the traditional long-term care policies and wish you the best luck. And I, th- I feel confident that if you keep looking, you're going to find the right solution for you and your family. A great question, Angie. It's something that's on a lot of people's minds, maybe not specifically long-term care as it is in your situation and looking in that policy. But hey, why do you look for something like that in the first place? It's for security, right? We want to make sure that we're going to be okay or that we're not going to have problems when we get yeah. to that part of our life where we may have that need for long-term term care or assisted living, that sort of thing. And I think that leads to our broader discussion today about financial security and how it does mean different things to different people. And so I'm really interested in having this conversation with you, Dan. So how do you define social security is going to be one thing I'm kind of curious with. And and also on today's show, I want to cover some of the popular responses that maybe you hear from clients when they're going through the planning process of, of financial security. Just out of curiosity, before we dive into some examples of the different things that you might hear in the office, what's financial security kind of mean to you? Yeah, I think um, that's a, a really great question. And for me, as I was saying, you know, in my um, response to Angie, financial security basically is like five very solid legs on a very well-crafted table, you know, <laughs> and one of them is, you know, you have to look at your portfolio and, you know, how is it designed? How is it being managed? You know, what are the internal costs? How much risk is in it? Is it going to provide you number two with enough retirement income or what, what is your entire retirement income portfolio look like? I mean, it might be social security. You might be fortunate enough to have a pension. We may be pulling money out of your qualified plans out of your non-qualified plans? Do you have a Roth? We have to look at taxes because some people retire without doing adequate tax analysis and they they realize that maybe a third of their million dollar portfolio doesn't belong to them. It belongs to, the, you know, to Uncle Sam. And then it also is going to impact the taxation on their social security payments. So, you know, understanding that risk. And the fourth area that's very important, as I was mentioning to Angie, is that we look at the risk that you're going to face, you know, as you begin retirement. And for most of us, that that risk is, of course, there's portfolio risk and all kinds of risk. But the one that I'm talking about here specifically is long-term care, you know, make sure you have long-term care risk covered as well as, you know, healthcare costs. And of course, you know, 
estate planning, you know, what's going to happen if you can't make your decisions? Do you have the right documents in place, you know, that your spouse or your children or, or a trusted um, confidant is going to be able to make health care and financial decisions for you? So that's how I define financial security. It's a holistic five-pronged approach, you know, but, but what I find is that almost everyone who comes into my office, however they define financial security, I can find it, you know, in these five elements that I'm talking to you about. Well, I know uh, like, that that one great example, I guess, Dan, would be when, you know, somebody might come into the office and it's kind of in that same vein as Angie. They might say yeah. something along the lines of, you know, I don't want to be a burden to others, to my kids, regardless mm-hmm. of my health situation. And that kind of leads you down a certain lane. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I would have to flesh that out a little bit, but what do you mean as by burden and what do you mean healthcare situation? So, I mean, all these areas are going to impact on that. You have you dealt with, you know, this risk management question? How are you going to handle long-term care coverage? I mean, it's not fun to talk about in our area. It's, you know, 8 $9,000 a month, you know, so how are you going to take care of that? You also want to make sure you have the right, you know, documents in place because it can be a burden on your family if you're not able to make financial decisions or healthcare decisions and you haven't taken the steps to put the legal documents in place that are going to allow your son or your daughter or both of them, however you want to do it, you know, to make these decisions. So yeah, it's holistic planning. It's looking at all these areas and focusing on those areas that are causing you the greatest concern and coming up with a solution for them. It's not always just about health. Another thing that you might hear in the office would be someone saying something along the lines of, I want to be sure that I'll never run out of money. I would say that's a pretty popular one, right, Dan? I think that's probably the biggest reason most people come in to see me. You know, can I retire? If I can retire, how much can I retire on? And, you know, again, there's lots and lots of variables. There's not one size fits all, but there is a process you can go through that's, I think, creates a lot of sense of of security around the process, getting really clear about what your budget's going to be in retirement, making sure, again, we look at tax issues, we look at potential health care issues, and then we come up with a retirement income plan that's going to look at your Social Security, when should you begin taking it, what's going to happen if your spouse passes away, what's going to happen when we take money out of your IRA, is that going to make part of the Social Security taxable, you know, all this functions together. And it's sitting down like you would for anything else that's important and making a plan. I mean, you know, my wife and I, we've been married 35 years this summer, and we're planning on a trip to where her family's from, you know, to Ireland and Scotland. And I've been planning this trip with her for like almost two years. <laughs> I mean, I know every detail. So, you know, if you're going to retire, I'm not saying you need, to, <laughs> you need to work on it for two years, but maybe you do. But you need to take that same kind of focus and intensity that we all do for something that we're really looking forward to. And make those same kind of commitment, you know, to your planning for your financial retirement. It's a great point, Dan. Also, I'll throw in there too, if uh, you're thinking about retirement and you're thinking about what financial security might mean to you, a lot of people might kind of take this approach and they'll say, after I retire, I actually still want to be able to work part-time if I want to, not because I have to. A lot of people find passion in work and they want to continue doing that. You know, I see that more and more often people really aren't retiring from something they're retiring you know to something I can think of four or five examples that top of my head of people that were in the medical field and they loved that but they left you know um, the medical field and now they are you know working at a local school 
as a reading tutor, helping kids with reading because they're working a couple hours a day because they really love it and they just love being around the kids. So I think that's really important and actually something you have to th- should think about is what am I going to do when I retire? How am I going to spend my days and, and my time? And what is it that I'm really passionate about? Because there's a lot of organizations, a lot of causes that could really profit from all of your years of work and personal experience. So I think that's fantastic. Of course, nobody wants to get up and you know have to go to work at a job you don't like. But if you can find something that's meaningful, you can do it part time and earn a, earn a little extra bit of money, make a big impact on your on your city, you know, on your community. I just think that's going to give you a more meaningful and vital retirement. Yeah, it's a really great point. And uh, a lot of people, you know, it might not be your current job. It might not be your current situation that's giving you that security. But if you could go down to part time and find that job you're passionate about, does that solve a lot of problems for you? And for some, it certainly does. Um, Absolutely. We're talking about financial security, I think, as well. Dan, we can mention folks who might come in and say, if I need a knee replacement or a new transmission in the car, something like that, I don't want it to prevent me from, you know, spoiling my grandkids at Christmas. Is this kind of touching more on sort of like a cash flow being a security thing? Yeah. Um, I had to listen closely because I, I thought when you first said transmission, I guess they mean their car, right? Not not a health issue. Right, thought, right. What does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> new transmission. Hey, Doc, I need a new transmission back here. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't sure what you were saying. Um, well, there's a couple things that strike out to me. I really encourage people before they retire, you know, to make sure that your debt is paid off. And I think you have to have a really significant cash cushion. So sometimes it's interesting, like people come with me and they say, you know, we have too much money sitting at the bank. We have fifty, sixty thousand dollars We should invest some of it. And I'm like, I don't think you should. You know, it would be in my best interest if you let me invest it for you. But I don't think you should. You need to be able to, you know, pay for the unexpected medical expenses that maybe Medicare is not paying for to pay for that transmission. That's your sleep at night money. That's the money that you need to make sure that you can come up with these expenses if your air conditioner breaks or if or whatever you need to do, you know, so that's not going to spoil your grandkids, you know, birthdays and Christmases. Again, it goes back to planning, to sitting down and making sure that before you retire, you have all the pieces in place. You know, a lot of it can even be, a, it's, it's interesting, right? So I've been advising people for a long time about referring them to experts in, in Medicare planning and things like that. And now that I'm actually looking at it for myself, it's very, very interesting. Uh, and I'm seeing, you know, all the different intricacies of it and how it's not easy, you know, to pick the right, you know, supplemental medica- um, Medicare policy, but it's really important to have a plan and to take the steps. So, you know, there's no guarantees right in life, but if you have sufficient cash reserves, if you've done all the other parts of the planning, if you have chosen the right supplemental Medicare policy, I think that you can rest with a high degree of confidence, never 100% certainty, but a high degree of confidence that you can weather what storms will come and you can still be there and you know be the wonderful, not only emotionally supportive grandparents, but also be able to give them a financial you know, gift that you want to give them. If you are new to the podcast, I want to tell you about the Retirement Rescue Toolkit that Dan has put together for you that allows you to kind of find a great starting point for your financial life, for your financial planning, for your retirement future. There's a lot of good stuff in this toolkit. Dan, what have you put in there? Why did you select the resources? And why is it a good starting point for a lot of people that are kind of beginning this path? I think it's really vitally important that you take the time to educate yourself. You know, there's a lot of 
competing information out there. And I, I hate to say it, but a lot of it is what I would call investment pornography. It's not really trying to help you. It's trying to, to disturb you, to create fear, to get inside your mind and to control your mind in a sense to get you to do things that maybe aren't in your best interest. So, you know, I'd encourage people to educate themselves. And so this is full of educational materials. There's two different books. Don't let that scare you. They're, they're not very long. They're like maybe 80, 90 pages. They're very easy to read that, you know, I've co-authored with uh, a colleague of mine. You know, one of them deals with these five areas of holistic estate planning. The other deals with the issue of taxation of retirement accounts in retirement. That's the main part. You know, I've also have uh, some brochures as well as a, an old fashioned CD that I've also will include a transcript if you don't want to, if you don't have access to a CD machine anymore. And then a couple of other educational pieces like that. Lots of good stuff in there, some uh, additional goodies in addition to all of those great educational resources. And if you want to get that toolkit, you can get it on BetzelWealthAdvisors.com. We'll put a link to it as well in the description of today's show. So again, either BetzelWealthAdvisors.com or just check the description of today's show on whatever app or website you're using to uh, listen to the program, and you'll find the appropriate link to where you can get that. And it is a free toolkit that Dan offers for you to take with you. So very helpful. And you can also call if you have any questions and you like doing it the old fashioned way too. 614-472-4510. If you have any questions about your retirement, 614-472-4510. Well, Dan, that was a lot of fun. Thanks for all the great information on today's show, and we'll look forward to doing it again soon. Thanks a lot, Walter. It's great to be with you. Great being with you as well. For Dan Betzel, I'm Walter Storholt. We'll talk to you next time right back here on the Plan with Dan podcast. Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered by Betzel Wealth Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of Ohio.